0: Today we're here with Diane Goldenstein, president of Tinkermill. Yes. So, tell us a little bit about uh, how Tinkermill integrates with the community and some of the, the latest news that's happening here at Tinkermill.
1: Well, Tinkermill is open to the public. It's got almost 600 members now, but part of our um, tax exempt status said we are open to the public and we like to educate people. So everybody is welcome to come here. They can all take some of our classes, and, and except for some of the more sophisticated machinery, they're welcome to use our tools and do a few other things. So, as we continue to advertise and grow and become better known, we have more and more people come in. A lot of people decide to join at that point, but um, if you just want to come in and do something, do a single project, learn how to do pottery, something else, that you can take back home, you're welcome to come learn those skills here.
0: What are some of the things that you guys actually teach? What are the things people can learn here?
1: Well, we have uh, originally an electronics shop, and we have an Internet of Things component where they have computers, so you can learn to use your computer. You can learn other languages on occasion. You can learn Arduinos, and there's an advanced Arduino class now, so you can computer control a whole lot of things you didn't used to be able to, but you can also um, learn to solder, all kinds of basic things, read, a cer- read schematics, so in electronics you can move kind of in the modern area and how to set up LED lights, whatever else you need to do. Um, we just had a couple of people make an induction furnace, just because one of them's a retired engineer and one of them's going to see CU's engineering school, and uh, so we had an 80-year-old and a 20-something get together and design an infusion furnace, which allows you to melt metal inside the coil. They have it spins in the air, and then when they let it go, that melted metal can fit into a mold. <laughs> so and it's something they taught themselves. Between the computers and other things, they went ahead and taught themselves how to do it. Just because it's fun, just because they were
0: interested. <laughs> That's fantastic.
1: That's in the electronic shop. In the, um, in the machine shop, you can learn how to use a Bridgeport or a CNC, and we have a five-axle CNC, so people can innovate almost any machine they, they or any part they need for whatever they're making. So one of the, reti- and it's, we've got a couple of retired uh, tool and die men or machinists back there that know more than most people have, um, or forgotten more than most people know about it. So you want to learn how to make something. Those two guys will teach you how to do it. And um, you can prototype about anything. So you can learn to be a machinist if you want mm-hmm. to. We've got a wood shop where we show you how to use the machines. We don't do a lot of advanced teaching, but um, there's enough people around. If you want to do it, somebody will be here to help you how to do it. We even have a community wood shop on Wednesday nights. It's also open to the public. Anybody can come in and learn from uh, more experienced woodworkers on how you can make things so we have a we have a modern saw stop and there's also a shop lot so again you can prototype about anything but you can also just make a nice basic piece of furniture if you like and we also have a laser cutter and we teach people how to use the laser cutter and that's the most fascinating thing that was um, we bought it with a contribution from the city of Longmont and we have regular classes on that one and it's, it's so popular now that you almost have to schedule your time but people can cut a, cut a pattern out of material, they can engrave um, acrylic type things, they can engrave metal, they can cut leather, they can cut all kinds of wood, they can etch the wood, so we have people that are now, um, we have one, one company in town that doesn't need a laser cutter full time, so one of the uh, owners comes in on Sunday nights, cuts all the pieces that they're going to need for the next week, takes them back to his shop, and they work the next week on what he's able to cut. And eventually, he said they will buy a laser cutter, but this way they've all learned how to use it, and they have also, um, they're also learning what they want when they buy a laser cutter and how they're going to use it. We have a metal making jewelry making shop, and we've got two experienced jewelry makers, metal casters and they can teach you to solder, to press. Um, They're adding lapidaries so that you can cut your own cabochon to make your own jewelry, Um, extremely creative stuff. And that's open to the public. And a lot of people go home and make their stuff or they come in long enough to make a few earrings and then they go again. But it's a lot of different kinds of things that they're they're making over there. They have a centrifuge that they built so they can now do lost wax casting then we have a flame working shop which um flame, flame working flame working that's really an antique um is that art. blacksmithing or no that's where you take glass and melt it in the huh. originally it was just with a lamp and that was the way they made jewelry and other things and nowadays we use gases propane oxygen that kind of stuff natural gas and we use essentially pyrex. Mm. Different colors, you can make about anything, but you're not blowing glass, you're melting it and forming it into new things like marbles, uh, spiders, heart shapes, pendants, a lot of different things. You can make beads. And we also have a pottery shop that's uh, fully equipped and one of our potters does research into crystalline glazing on pots so that they use they experiment a lot. They use different chemicals and get crystal balloons in the glaze.
0: So you have the throw tables, you've got the kilns, you've got all that stuff?
1: Yeah. We also have a slab cutter so you can make tiles, anything else you want. And they've had a class on how to make molds, so people have made some multicolored plates by just the way they mix the, the clay together and, and formed it in a mold. <laughs> and we've recently purchased an electronically controlled kiln so we can... Um, electronically control the temperature so that you could do some glass fusion and other things in that kiln.
0: What about 3D printers?
1: Um, and that was, I think the original interest was the 3D printers and we, again with a gift from the city, we've bought more and different kinds. People oftentimes know how to use them but the public is also welcome to come as long as they pay for the um, supplies, the, the filament that they use to make things out of 3D printing. So there's some basic classes. Um, A lot of it is just talk to the people that are over there, find a plan on the internet that you want to use, and learn how to use it here. We've added an SLA printer so we can use resin, and we now have a 3D scanner printer. So you can put an object in, scan it, and print it. I haven't seen anybody use it yet, so that's still on the um, (laughs) beginning side of things. I heard
0: you have a pick and place machine too.
1: We haven't used it, but we've got a new um, place in our trailer so that we're going to isolate it. It'll be a very clean, but with Pick and Place, you can make a motherboard.
0: A motherboard. You mean a circuit board?
1: Yeah, a circuit board. Take the green plastic stuff, and it puts all the transistors, resistors, all of that kind of stuff on it for you. Then it etches it, and it bakes it so that you have a fully functional board when you're done. One guy came in and did 32 of them just alike for the NASCAR. I haven't seen him again, but we were open. He came in, he used it, knew what he was doing, and uh, moved on. Uh, we're going to add an audio-visual studio. Right now it's storage, but once we get that storage moved out, we'll be able to move in and do that. You can um, cut stained glass here, learn how to use it, make big stained glass or not. Then um, we've added a forge, and at first we had one anvil, and that was a big deal to buy that. Now we're up to three anvils and looking at getting an air hammer. So this is a
0: blacksmith shop, basically.
1: It's a full smithy. We have a a propane forge, and then we're also building a coal forge, and then we'll have it, we'll acquire an air hammer and a few more anvils. So in that one, we're planning to eventually have week-long workshops with visiting professors from out of town during the summers. Uh, The key is when you get up to six anvils you can have a class. Um, Behind the forts is a foundry and um, in another week we'll have another class for that. So far we've only melted aluminum pots and pans and made some goofy little items, but one guy um, had a tractor part he needed on an antique tractor and they're hard to find those parts. So he designed the mold for it, went in and cast six pieces in aluminum, and he's going to keep two, and then he'll offer the other four for sale. <laughs> but it was a unique part on an antique trailer that was um, created here in the shop, both the mold and the, and the casting. Then there's also a welding shop. So we have MIG/TIG welding and an oxyacetylene torch and plasma cutting. And we've added two tables back there in a larger space, and there's also a... Um, Metal chop saws and band saws and drills so that you can, again, fabricate about anything you can think of.
0: So you have classes and all this stuff too, right?
1: Um, I think we have over a 100 events. We average over 100 events a month, and that counts the workshops and the classes and some other meetings. But, yeah, it's that often that you can come in and learn stuff.
0: So you guys are doing over a 1,000 a year, 1,000 classes a year, 1,000 events a year. It sounds like it, yeah, 1,000 events yeah. a year.
1: We, um, But it's also volunteers, so yeah. it's not like you can demand anything on schedule, it's when the volunteers right. that know how to do it step forward and agree to teach the class or run the workshop. Right. And then yeah. everything in here we also pretty much fix ourselves. So we have enough different people with enough different skills that there's hardly anything that we can't do. We can fix our electricity, we can um, add new lights so ge generously donated a whole bunch of led light sets and two or three of the guys crawled up on the ladders and put them up so now that we own the building we can take out all of the old what is it neon it's not neon halogen well we've got halogen in here but we have the other what do you call them Uh, high pressure sodium yeah Yeah. and we have some sodium so we'll be getting rid
0: of all of those wait so back up strictly with leds you made a comment We bought the building. You bought the building. So tell us about that. Well, what's incredible is
1: Scott got us started in concept about four years ago. Three years ago, he rented this space from uh, the Pratt Company. And in the last year, we decided we were in the last year of the lease and thought the only sensible thing to do was to actually buy the building. So... Pratt gave us a price, and we set our executive director, Ron Thomas, to do the heavy lifting on that one. And um, he worked with the city, the Economic Development Council, and local banks, and was able to pull the financing together. So we've now purchased this building. Um, took three loans, took about eight months to get it done, but it's now accomplished. We own the building. We're also the landlords for the auto repair business next door, and we have quite a bit of space for parking and possible expansion also. It's
0: about an acre on the south side, isn't it? I think it's about an acre.
1: I read all of the documents to buy the place, and I didn't remember the numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't remember
0: the numbers. Yeah, there's basically parking lots on the south that are you could build on in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the actual amount was how much? million. So that's what, um, and with 600 members, you can support that without any problem.
1: Well, we were paying the rent anyway, and with the uh, tenants next door, those two rent amounts come close to what our mortgage payment was. Plus, we've already applied for tax exempt status, so we won't have to pay property tax on at least our portion of the building anymore. The auto dealership will have to, but that's a triple net. Uh, triple net lease, so, so you charge for they're going to be paying their, the taxes mm. for it anyway. Nice. So, so you, you basically
0: are breaking, you're basically spending the same money, and you're buying the building.
1: Almost the last loan, the last part of the money, we were hoping the city would give us a grant, and we ended up having to borrow it. But Edal um, put E-Dol? money. Edal Economic Development Partnerships, Partnership, right? Walmart Economic EDP. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they put. Uh, their money, their reserves into the bank, and we were able to borrow at a pretty good interest rate to purchase the last 80000 But we've started a building fund drive that will, um, we're going to try and retire that in 12 months hmm. with Can our you... internal funding, building fund drive.
0: So you're a 501c3?
1: We're a 501c3. We're so also you... in the Colorado Enterprise Zone.
0: Ah, so if somebody were to want to donate money, You you really aren't that picky about the source, I suspect.
1: Uh, You're looking for donations. We're looking for donations. (laughs) If somebody that grows marijuana wants to give us money, we'll take it. (laughs) Okay. Um, Or a liquor store. Some places get real picky about where they'll take money from. Um, Obviously, we I I doubt if we'd take it from. Well, we'd probably even take it from an oil company. So at this, at this point we're open to donations. Um, we have one ten-year-old here that bakes brownies at home and comes and sells them for a dollar a piece. She's already raised thirty-two dollars for the for the um, building fund. Nice. One of the guys has designed a die, so we have an injection plastic injection molder, and they're already printing building fund coins um, in our in our old samsonite injection molder. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a, I always want to say linoleum cutter, vinyl cutter, so mm-hmm. we make all our own signs and things. Mm. Um, we own popcorn machines, cotton candy machines, and a shaved ice machines. So when we run a carnival, we're able to produce a lot of our own goodies.
0: Don't you have a carnival coming up here?
1: We have two coming up. One will be in June. It's going to be Questbotics is sponsoring a collaborathon. So instead of having competitive um, design things, what we're going to do is collaborate on making a large Rube Goldberg, Goldberg device. And part of what it's for is, is they're designing, um, they've designed not quite a toy, they've designed a little setup for children to learn how to program. <laughs> and that's going to be part of it all, also, is that we can teach children to program a computer through physically using the blocks that they set into their board so quest Botics is hosting that and then in the fourth of july we're having our third annual fourth of july carnival at tinker mill so we'll have papooses and another food truck um we're gonna have live music we are going to have a trebuchet <laughs> paper mache which
0: is a large catapult for those who don't know what it what that is
1: so it'll be shooting um paper mache eggs towards a cardboard castle (laughs) and the eggs all have candy in them so we have a large following of children that watch their castle get shot and then they run down and pick up the the um candy and last year we added a couple of large slingshots so we have water wars we uh, have a stand to make water balloons and we have so we'll have a lot of water balloons and the kids will be able to shoot them at each other Um, then we'll have displays and demonstrations and some of our electronics will be out but the real point of the evening is after we've had a lot of fun we'll put our kazoo band together and then we'll go out and watch the fireworks because we're so close to boulder county fairgrounds we can sit right underneath the fireworks and. Have a
0: perfect view. So you have one of the best seats in the house for the fireworks.
1: Yes, we do. Hmm? We can't guarantee you get out any faster than any place else, but <laughs> you have a good seat, and you're not in the target parking lot with a whole bunch of people and yeah, quite a distance away, really. Yeah, we're that's next very true.
0: door. So who is it that runs Tinker Mill now?
1: The members run Tinker Mill. But have, you,
0: but you do have a board. You do have an executive director.
1: Yeah so we have a five member board we're writing amendments to our bylaws to increase that up to 13 because we want to invite community members onto the board so it'll be seven um, Tinker Mill members and six others so um, the bank that lent us the million dollars um, they have an officer that would like to be on our board um, the economic development partners will probably send somebody and possibly the city will ask to be on also because the city has, has uh, we don't have a formal contract, but they would like to use us as, as consultants. So they helped the EDP put the money into the bank for us to be able to buy the building. Mm. It wasn't, but it, it's not financed with public funds outside of Chaffa. Um Which is a state? It's Program? state funding, mm-hmm. Colorado housing and family assistance, something else. Sure.
0: But they help nonprofits buy their buildings, also. So, but no um, Longmont municipal funds were used. Mm-hmm. No Longmont of...
1: municipal funds were used. Hmm. No direct ones.
0: So still self still still self sustaining.
1: We well the board of directors is um, voluntary, but we do have one employee who's the. Executive director, and he did the bulk of the work to get the financing done for the building and the research. We turned out they told us one corner of our building was in a floodplain, and we had surveyors look at it again, and we're not in a floodplain, so that was changed at the FEMA level. Um, Who's your executive director? Ronald Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a renaissance man. He likes to do all kinds of things, he's been a first responder. He can weld, he can do electricity, Um, he got all the financing done for this, he supervises what's going on, he tries to herd the cats that are our volunteers to try and keep 600 people with different ideas going in generally the same direction. Um, And then last July we did a charrette, meaning a a French word for everybody sit down together and think out ahead what you want to do and we looked at the building and the usage in the spaces so we're still in the process of moving shops around but initially when we started everything had to be on wheels because every two weeks everything got rearranged for something new started because we had very few um, shops at that time there was wood shop, machine shop uh, we had some sewing machines, we had a CNC machine and the 3D printers and a very small laser cutter and since then we've added at least twenty more stations. So the three little sewing machines are now up to two industrial sewing machines so that we teach people how to use. The the brewery's gone, that didn't work out, but people are still interested in it. We have beer, don't we? We have beer by donation all the time, although right now the kegerator is empty. We do have a, a full freezer that's been hacked so that it keeps beer kegs at the right temperature, and we'll get that filled up for the Fourth of July. And This will be the second year we've gotten a liquor permit from the city to actually sell the beer mm-hmm. at the,
0: at the uh, celebrations. Excellent. So, so thank you very much. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that uh, we well, should know about?
1: I think one of the innovative things about the Tinker Mill is that in each area it, for makerspaces, we've instituted having shop captains. And a lot of the shops, the shop captain was the person that brought that skill or talent or the machine here and then has turned that into teaching other people. So now there's a community that does that particular art or skill. And Tinkermill along the way has acquired the equipment to do that. So we had a professional flame worker come in, show us how to do it. One of her students is now shop captain. (laughs) Um, The wood shop is so big and so busy that we finally had five people come together and they do the teaching on various machines or upkeep or whatever else so and these are all volunteers they're all volunteers mm-hmm. and um, pottery shop is big enough now and busiest now there's two co-captains um, There's people that function as co-captains over in the jewelry department the machine shop's got the two retired guys that, that both work together as co-captains so, those volunteers are responsible for their area, and that has the added benefit that um, our equipment stays in good shape. Um, unlike some maker spaces where people come in, wreck it, and leave again, um, and then the next person comes along, you either have to fix a machine or you're just discouraged because the machine doesn't work. Our machinery is kept in good shape and, and uh, maintained well. So that um, Having the shop captains be responsible, they recruit other people to help them um, maintain and keep and teach classes. So um, anybody can come teach. In fact, we want everybody to come in and teach what you know. It, there isn't just one person and that's their their territory or their turf. This this we have shared turf. If you know how to teach, come in and teach. Yep. And um, we work at being a friendly place to getting everybody to know everybody else so that you feel like a part of the community almost as soon as you start.
0: Great. Well, Diane Goldenstein, thank you very much. We appreciate your time.
1: Okay.